106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Our lady of blessed acceleration, don't fail me now. It's time for Drive Radio, presented by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Whether you need help diagnosing a problem. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Or just want to learn about all things automotive. Hey, how exactly does a positive track rear end on a Plymouth work? It just does. Then you've come to the right place. So start your engines, buckle up, and get ready to ride. Drive Radio starts now on KLZ 560, The Source. And we are Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. I am your host, John Rush. We've got, of course, Larry Unger uh, answering phones for us today, which I appreciate very much. Uh, Charlie Grimes, of course, our engineer. Josh Goff joining us from Legacy Automotive and Ridgeline Auto Brokers in Boulder. And you brought along one of your guys. I did. Justin, Justin. as well. Good morning. So, Justin, welcome. Thank you guys for being here. I appreciate it. Uh, we're going to get into today in the three hours. We'll, we'll kind of mix this in, but we're going to talk about buying cars, okay? It could be new car, used car. How do you do it? You know, what are some of the terminologies that are, that are used? You know, how do you get in and out you know, as, as smoothly as possible? We'll just give you some of that insight to where I know there's some folks out there that will even, for a fee, help you through this process. Number one, I never charge for helping anybody through that process i mean it's really not that complicated and i've helped people even through this program negotiate buy cars do all that stuff so it's really folks you 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 don't you don't have to um you don't have to pay somebody to help you do that and we'll get into some of the things regarding what do you look for in a car Mm -hmm. how do you know what car to buy Uh, i'm a car advocate typically i always feel like when some when somebody's you're really knocking a car, typically speaking, especially of late, typically speaking, they bought the wrong car. It's not the car's fault that it's doing what it's doing. Now, I know there's exceptions to that, but typically what I've always found throughout the years is somebody bought the wrong car for the wrong thing, or they've got buyer's remorse and they're mad at the car from that point forward. I mean, on and on we go. So we'll get into even trying to, you know, on the front side, how do you know what car to buy? We'll get into some of these things because, no, you don't necessarily need to buy what the neighbor bought. That may not be the car for you. So we'll get into some of those things today as well. Along those lines, here's our question of the day, okay? So you guys can start thinking about this and call in with an answer. Worst or best, it can be both, car names. Now, John in Denver, John and Shane, guys, hang tight. Give me one second. What got me going on this and why the question of the day? For some odd reason, the knuckleheads at General Motors, and yes, I'm calling them knuckleheads because I don't think anyone there has any idea what they're doing. They think it's a good idea to run the Chevy Escalade as its own brand and also the, or the Cadillac Escalade as its own brand and the Chevy Camaro as its own brand. Those are going to be The two next GM brand umbrellas. Stupid, if you ask me. Yeah, I heard Corvette was going to And Corvette's going to be its own brand as well. Thank you, Josh. Yes. So, in my opinion, do they not have anybody there that can think of new names? Well, have they ever looked at their history? They used to have Oldsmobile and Saturn and 
you know, all Pontiac. Remember those names? Yes, and they're all gone now. <laughs> they're all gone now. Anyway, exactly I, what they're losing is the history. I, yeah. Thank you, and and they're they're screwing up even some of their historic car names doing what they're doing now. So again, I'm just asking the question: What are some of the best and or worst? Car names, that is the question of the day. All right, we'll get a couple of questions answered here. John in Denver, you're first today. Go ahead. Hello? Hello, John. Oh, hi. I have a, uh, oh, I got a couple of worst names here. One of them was a Laguna. I can't remember. I think it was some kind of General Motors car in the Chevy. 70s or something. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was and a bad name as well, the, yes. Yeah. And there was the Nova, which in Spanish means doesn't go. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those are two. And well, I, what I really want to talk to you about is my uh, 2009 Subaru. It's going through oil, and one thing the dipstick. When I check the oil on one side of the of the dipstick, it's you know one level, and on the other side, it's completely different, like like quart lower on the other side. And so I'm wondering which side do I go by? Always and go in by my the mind. I say. Oh, Go, the, go ahead. I always go by the high side on that one. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good to know. Okay, great. Uh, but it is going through oil, and I was wondering, it's got a turbocharger, and the car runs perfect, great, but uh, you know, it's got plenty of power, but uh, is there a way to sort of check out the turbocharger to see if that's where the oil is going? There is. I mean, how, many, how much oil are you losing, like, per thousand miles or so? Oh, it, it might be a court, if that. I haven't really checked that out that close. So and you need to do that. Yeah, so. you need to do that. because yeah. every, Even for a repair shop, they need to know specifically how much oil is it going through. Well, that's, uh, that's the manufacturer's recommendation is to check it every 1,250 miles is what the, is in the Subaru manual. Right, right. exactly. I mean, they're known for that. Right. So you, you need to do an actual odometer check, John. So, you know, hey, I topped it off. I've got X mileage on the car right now. Drive it 1,000 miles. Where is it at? How low is it actually? And then record it that way so you know specifically how much it's using. Exactly. All right. Great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right, even, okay. to Justin's point, even if that car was under warranty, most manufacturers, this includes across the board from Toyota to GM to Ford and so on, most of them, you've got to get below about 800 or so miles uh, per quart before they'll even touch the car. Mm-hmm. And I think Josh knows a lot about this you know, with his mechanical experiences, the thin piston rings in these Japanese right. cars, plus the boxer engine with the pistons being sideways. Yeah. yeah, they tend exactly. to wear, because of gravity, they tend to wear on one side versus the other, to Correct. Justin's point. Correct. Yes. Really? Yes. Okay. Now, real quick, and I didn't catch, how many miles are on it, John? Oh, just a little over 100,000. Okay, a little over 100. You know, honestly, if you're, if you're over 1,000 miles a quart, I, I don't know, other than doing a BG EPR treatment, I don't know if there's anything else I'd do to it at this point, John. That and every I, Subaru we work on, I mean, they eat one quart in 2,000 miles. I don't... I don't care oh, if it's absolutely. a brand new one or if it's, you know, one with 100,000 miles. They always eat at least one quart in 2,000 miles. They're great cars, oh. but they, they do consume yeah. a little oil. Yeah. And, and to Justin's point, John, that's the engine designed in a lot of cases. It is, yeah. Oh, okay. No, I'm using uh, uh, synthetic oil. That's fine. Is that a good thing? Yes, I would do that anyways. Okay. All right. Okay. All right, I think you answered my questions. Thank you. Thank you, John, very much. I appreciate it. And, yeah, for anybody else out there, so it's just kind of a a constant. 
if anybody has oil consumption, we've said that many, many times on the program, but if you have any kind of oil consumption problem, yes, you need to know specifically how much is it. Not a guesstimate, but specifically. I drove X amount of miles and used a quart. Okay, You won't get anybody in any repair shop to even start helping you with what that consumption is until we know that data. Because exactly. otherwise, it's a crapshoot. You have no idea what you're going after. We, we need a baseline to start with. There you go. The mechanic shop cannot drive your car for 5000 There you go. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. John and Cheyenne, you're next. Hey, guys. How are you today? Good. Good. How are you, sir? We're doing great. Oh, I'm vertical. Hey, John. Yes. You were right about the weather. It's a perfect day for me to get out and get under the hood of this Chevy. Yes, it is. Outside. Yes, it is. So, I need you guys' help. So, I replaced the manifolds and i'm waiting for my uh muffler guy to have an availability he had a sickness so he had to cancel my last appointment but um that's fine it ran great i went on vacation i was gone two weeks i went out to start it it was stone dead i said all right maybe the battery for some reason had a problem i took my battery charger put it on was going to put it on overnight let it charge get a good charge in it before i try to run it the battery wouldn't even take a charge. It, the charger said, nope, I'm, it's not good. I said, well, let me try to jump it. I put jumpers on it, and as soon as I closed in the circuit, it started smoking a little bit. So I pulled the cables off. I said, maybe the battery froze because it was stone dead while I was gone. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's not working. Went and got a new battery, put it in, fired it up, and in less than five minutes, it smoked that battery and completely melted the covering off of the ground cable. I know I got a short somewhere. Yeah, you do. Any you idea do. where I a big one? <laughs> uh, any idea where I should start? There's usually only two things that are going to pull that kind of amperage: one, the starter motor, and then the alternator. If it's shorted out, we've had a few, especially on some Chrysler products, where the alternator actually shorts out and it just pulls. And a large amount of amperage. But those are the only two things on that okay. car, really, that can even pull that kind of amperage to melt the shielding off the wire. That's hot. That's okay. really hot. Yeah, so, that's really hot. I mean, that means that cable is, yeah, like, oh, smoking I, hot inside, John. So I would start with the alternator. Yeah. I'd unplug the alternator, you know, if you can, and then plug it back in real quick or just kind of touch the, the cables to it real quick. But make sure you have a glove on because everything's going to get real hot if it's still pulling okay. that kind of amperage. So, so that little plug on top of the alternator, if I unplug that, that stops the alternator from charging. No, no, no power you, ha- going you have to the pull plate. the big fat wire off the back of it. The big or red the wire. The big red wire. Okay. Pull that off mm-hmm. and see what happens. And see what happens. And make sure that wire doesn't touch anything because, again, you know, if you yeah. ground that wire, you're pulling a large amount of current there. So pull it off, right, wrap right, it in right. a rag, put a zip so, tie around the rag, and, and then hook the battery back up and... And just be careful because if it's pulling okay. that kind of amperage, it'll get hot real fast. So make sure you have, you know, a big oh, leather glove yeah. on that hand. So. Oh yeah, I've got a good set of. Uh, uh, actually, I work for a utility, so I. There oh, go. there you, you go. Be fine. <laughs> You're I know fine. all about electricity. <laughs> You'll be fine. <laughs> and what it could be. Yeah, I should be. Yeah, and the other thing is, I've got a grounded set of, uh, of not grounded. An insulated set of lineman pliers that I could also grab it with if I had to. Right, that's what I would do um, too. So. Um, so I'm going to go out, I'm going to check all the wires and everything, put a new uh, negative cable on it. I got to get an, I smoked a brand new battery on it too. 
because within less than three minutes it smoked the battery. That battery that's in there won't even take a charge either. Yikes. So, yeah, so, it's got a dead short uh, someplace. Yeah, you got something rubbed up against a, a, a you know a ground somewhere or something that's causing that, John. Okay, so yeah, that was the first thing I was going to do is I was going to go out there now because it's. It's less than twenty miles an hour wind blowing, John. So it's perfect. That's awesome. Now you know the other thing too, because I know you 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 you're doing man, and this is on the old Chevy, right? Yeah, this is the eighty. Yeah, you know, was, because of the manifolds, make sure we don't have a positive wire pinched or down by the exhaust that's rubbed through or burned through or something along those lines, because the hot wire goes yeah, that, right down that, to the starter. That's true. Yeah, and sometimes when they right. put new manifolds so on, they'll rub right against first. it. Yeah, and that's what I was going to do first is go through all the wires and everything yep. and see if I find I'm something. I'm guessing you got now, one burned I, on a manifold yeah, or something is my guess. Too. Okay. All right, well, that's a good place to go because after I did the manifold, and it fired right up and ran good, but I'm wondering if something got hot enough to while it was yep. gone, it shorted out. I, I'm, I'm just Historically, on those particular vehicles, there's not too many places for there to be big shorts, but that's one of them. Okay, and then of course because the you know because General Motors stuff. for you know did it a little differently than everybody else. They ran a constant hot wire to the starter at all times. Not mm-hmm. every company did that, but they did. Okay, so there we go. And I, all right, John, we, that's what I needed. Oh, okay. one other thing yeah. from yesterday when we were talking about survival gear. Yeah. After I hung up, I went to Amazon, and we were talking about having maybe a poncho or and, and a space blanket. Yes. They make a combination poncho space blanket. You can get a four pack for twenty bucks. There you go. Yep. So, all right, guys, have a great weekend. John. You're awesome. No, John, thank you very much. Randy in Kansas, John and Littleton, you guys hang tight. We'll come right back. This is Drive Radio KLZ five sixty. Thinking rates are too high to buy a home? Wish they were in the threes or fours? Well, your wait is over. Take AIM Affordable Interest Mortgage. With a 321 buy down, you can now purchase a home at 3.193% first year, 4.913% second, 5.913% the third, and the remaining years at 6.913% with an APR of 6.985%. If rates go down, refinance and save even more. On a $400,000 loan, your monthly payment would be over $748 a month or less the first year, $511 the second, $262 the third, with a total savings of over $18,000. Before you buy, take AIM, 720-895-0500. Three-to-one buy-downs available up to 95% loan-to-value. If you're thinking about home ownership, now may be the best time to purchase. Call Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Own your new home and save thousands in payments. That's 720-895-0500. 80% LTV, 30-year fixed, 6.985% APR, 740 FICO, primary home, rates as of 1116, NMLS 298191 and rates subject to change. Choosing Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center almost 20 years ago was one of the best decisions we ever made for our pets. Hey, this is Scott Watley, and I know it's a busy time of the year for all of us, but it's no reason to forget about our pets. Our pets are a part of our family, and they need their checkups and preventative care just as we humans do. Whether a pet is new to the family or has been a family member for many years, regular checkups are the foundation of our pet's overall health. Depending on your pet's age, a preventative care visit will include the basics, such as an exam and vaccinations, diet and weight management, and parasite preventatives. 
but it could also involve a spay or neuter discussion, microchipping, concerns about house training or behavior issues. At Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, the medical team will take the time to get to know your pet and address the concerns you have about your pet's care. It's what your pet deserves and it's good medicine. Whether your pet needs medical, dental, or surgical care, boarding, grooming, behavior training, pet foods, or pet care products, you'll find it at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, the place where my pets go. Call today, 303-708-8050. That's 303-708-8050. And don't forget to visit their website at LoneTreeVet.com. Here are the three C's of high performance in less than 60 seconds. Your engine piston rings must have good compression, which makes good combustion, which saves cash at the pump. But you lose compression when piston rings clog with carbon. Today's engines use low tension rings, which clog much easier, which lowers compression, combustion, and the amount of cash in your pocket with higher fuel cost and expensive repairs. This problem can be fixed as fast as your next oil change. The best service shops use a BG product BG. that cleans the engine and accomplishes the three C's in just 15 minutes. It has three letters, E, P, R, as in engine performance restoration that cleans piston rings and restores compression, which increases and saves you. Find a shop with BG products BG. at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. So, at your next oil change, remember the three C's. You will find more of this in your engine and this in your pocket when you clean your engine with BG. Most of us think of the days when we'll be retired. Have you planned well enough to be able to do the things you love when that time comes? When will you take Social Security? Have you thought about health care during your retirement days? Will you stay in your current home or move to another part of the country or world? These are all questions Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial will ask you. The only way Al can help you with your financial future is to know what your future goals are. You don't want to be that person that tries to retire only to find themselves back at work because there wasn't enough money to handle all the expenses. Al will stress test your current plan, if you have one, and show what needs to be changed to make sure you achieve your financial goals. Al doesn't just help you with your financial goals either. He'll help you achieve your personal goals as well. That's Al's goal for all of his clients. He wants you to be financially free so you can achieve the things you've always wanted to do. Call Al Smith today at 303-744-1128 or visit our website, drive-radio.com. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? maybe some prescription sunglasses. We'll look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right, since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. Have you ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out-of-the-norm vehicle? 
Worldwide Vintage Autos is the place to go for all your vintage car and truck needs. With over 80,000 square feet of indoor showroom and warehouse space, they make the shopping experience easy. Every vehicle they sell is checked out by their own staff and is verified as a roadworthy vehicle, and this includes consignment vehicles. When you buy a vehicle from Worldwide, it's a vehicle you can safely drive home. They sell over 1,200 vehicles a year, and most of their inventory comes from people like you and me. If you want to eliminate the hassle of selling your vintage or unique vehicle, give them a call today. By the way, sign up today for the VIP list. They'll give you updates on all their new inventory that the general public doesn't see yet, and it's at a discounted price. Worldwide Vintage Autos. Don't let the name fool you. They sell worldwide, but their showroom is right here in Denver. Find them today at WorldwideVintageAutos.com or call 877-378-4679 and make sure you tell them John Rush from Drive Radio sent you. All right, we are back. Drive Radio KLZ 560. Again, Justin from Ridgeline Auto Brokers up in Boulder with me. Josh Goff as well, who's the owner of Ridgeline and Legacy Automotive as well. Somebody texted in, too, and said, how about the E-Mustang for a dumb name? Yeah. That, that is a dumb That's one. That's a dumb one as well. So, John and Littleton, you're next. Go ahead. Hey, how you do? How you guys doing? Good, Good. John. So, I'm sitting here getting ready to spend my money with the state for AirCare Colorado. <laughs> Sad about that. I'm sorry. Well, hey, uh, um, as far as car names, uh, there's two that I don't like so much. Gremlin yeah. and Pinto. Yeah. I don't know who thinks of these car names. Like, I, think I'm much I don't either. I mean, John, I wonder at times, they just all sit around and have these board meetings, and they just come up with dumb names, and they pick the dumbest one out of a hat, and that's what they run. I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> well, hey, I had a question. I have a 2000... Honda Odyssey minivan. Okay. Um, I bought it a couple of years ago. It was originally a car that was back in Connecticut. I need to bleed the brakes. I was going to do that last weekend, and I was looking at the, the front brakes are fine. I mean, I can get to them. The bleeders are good. The back calipers are like nothing but rust, and I'm really afraid to break that bleeder open for fear that I'll either break it or not be able to get it shut again. You're probably Just right. Kind of get your thoughts on that. Uh, if they're I mean, not coming open easily, you could try to soak them overnight before you start playing. Yeah, other than that, okay. I'd, I'd probably get another set of calipers sitting there. Just in case. Just yep. in case. Yep. You know, you soak them, you know, and let them sit for a while, and then you can always put a socket on there and hit the socket a few times, and that kind of jars it and kind of breaks a little bit of that rust up, but... There's oh, not much okay. else you can do. Yeah, the other, the other trick to those, and, and again, because you, you, you're not going to, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, you're not out because you're going to do what these guys are talking about anyways, John. But the small yeah. little impact wrenches, like what you would use like with, with some of your little drivers, Milwaukee makes them, Makita makes them, and so on. Sometimes that, with, you know, that knocking the socket, like mm-hmm. Josh just said, and then using an impact to actually take the bleeder. I know that sounds... You know, kind of high end, but that jarring of that impact will loosen the rust sometimes. Oh, okay. Makes sense? Um, yeah, it does make sense. It's kind of that. pounding at it versus just twisting it. You know, just okay. safety wise, it, it may be better to just replace the calipers, anyways. If they're that bad, if, if they don't come, if, you're, if you work at this for two or three minutes and they don't come loose, Justin's right. Yeah, yeah that's a safety concern. Yeah, okay. yeah I was just, I was shocked. I, you know, Maybe the front ones have been replaced, 
before I got the car. Probably. The back ones have never been replaced. Uh, I, um, I, yeah, I think I would, I would, I would do exactly what Josh said first, though, John. I would have a set of calipers there just in case. Yep. You can always yep. return them. Yeah, okay. if, if you yeah. can get them right. loose, you're, you're not out anything. The other thing I would do, too, is I would buy two new calipers and then buy two bleeder screws just in case you get those loose. You're going to put new bleeder screws back in it. Oh, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, great. You can okay. buy those separately. Yeah, you can buy just bleeder screws. So buy two bleeders and then buy two calipers. You're going to use one of those... Something's going back. Either the bleeder screws are going back, which you probably just throw in your toolbox, <laughs> yeah. or the calipers are going back, but something's going to go back. Okay. And is there anything special I need to know about an Odyssey as far as processor bleeding, or is it pretty standard starting the back? It, it's pretty easy. I don't know, seven, there shouldn't be any issues. What I always do is bleed, you know, the right front, then the left rear, and the right rear, and the right front, because they cross over. So. That's oh, what okay. I do. And then I usually go through and bleed the front again because it seems like then right. the air always makes it the front. But I always start right front, left rear, right rear, left front. And that tends to be the way to get it all out. And then you oh, sometimes okay. you have to I re-bleed the right front again, but most of the time, by the time you're, you're there, it's all done. What side's the ABS okay. module on in that engine bay? It's on the, on the driver's side. On the driver's side. Yeah. Okay, and uh, the other thing was about fluid. I know in some cases Honda... You really need to use their fluids. Is brake fluid brake fluid? They don't make their own fluid, so use whatever is recommended, yes. Okay. All right, great. Because I know that for the transmission, I've changed that out a few times, the fluid, and i got to use the Honda fluid. I've tried something else, and it didn't act right. Right. So I, use, I don't know what's weird about Hondas, but there must be something. And you can but. upgrade it to DOT 4 on that car if you want to. But dot oh, can is, I? That, that's not a problem. Yeah. DOT 3 is what? it originally came with and is what they recommend right and josh the advantage to that is heat resistance yeah yeah and less moisture contamination down the road and so on yeah exactly okay well fantastic i'll uh i'll I'll act gingerly and uh have okay have fun john appreciate it yeah no at least it's a good weekend to do that so enjoy randy in kansas you're next sir go ahead hey hello john uh you made it quite vivid yesterday or last week that newer is better than older but uh, as far as this question of the day stuff goes, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, agree to disagree on certain things. One okay. would be I've heard so many people complaining about their tire monitor pressure or whatever, and they got to go see their dealer or check engine light and all this kind of crap. For five or ten dollars, you can go out and what's called a good old fashioned air gauge. You don't have to worry about all that mess. And it doesn't take long, and you can probably get a pretty you know close accurate reading. So that's that's as far as that goes. I won't take that any further. My uh, fuel injectors, question. Uh, I bought the car probably 130 I've put $100 on it or so. You know, it's 240000 If they're original, I'm very, very surprised. But, I mean, uh, hey, that that's cool. And a lot of people say if things aren't broke, don't fix it. I'm one of those people that say, well, preventative maintenance means a lot. Uh, but the guy down the road, I asked him about it, and basically he said, well, what's the problem with them? I said, I don't have a problem with them. They've just... You know, I've, I don't know if they've been changed, but if they had, I've got 240000 and spent 12 miles, and I want to change them basically for the leakage if those seals want to leak. And, you know, I run BG44 to keep it clean and all. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's one of them, if it ain't real, don't fix it kind of deal. Uh, I want them changed. Do, do I find another mechanic or just let them break on a Saturday and everything's closed Sunday and it's week to get in? Well, I mean, I that's your call. I mean, the, the plus side to an injector is 
rarely, rarely are all six going to go bad on that on that Jeep right. at one time. I mean, you right. may have one that starts to drip, where you start to get some some you know overfueling yeah. issues and so on. At that point, you know, yeah, you get it in, change them out, and be done. I mean, it rarely. I don't know if I've ever seen one of those leave someone stranded because an injector started to drip. Oh. But even with one, you're going to get a little rough idle and so on and so forth. You'll know. I'm going to turn the key and drive the car yes. and have it be, You'll know. be good and fine yes. and dandy. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, I, I am one on that car where I don't think I would change them until it's bad. I wouldn't, no. You may end up having more issues what? afterwards than what you're bargaining for. Yeah, and you're doing uh, the maintenance I, with the 44K. I, you, could, you could get another 100000 out of those. You have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, but that, that's not going to help that rubber seal that may leak, you know. It's that's not really a rubber seal. The seal. The rubber seal is just what is sealing it to the head itself, if you would, or to the rail itself. The right. inside the injector itself, it's a it's a it's a pintle system, so n- there's no seal there, Randy. Well, I, I thought you had to somehow, you know, like when I had them do my, uh, what do you call it, the uh, oil filter adapter, whatever you call it, you know, there's seals in there. I said, are they leaking? And he said, no, but they will. That's They're different gonna, than an injector. Know, there's a seal. You know, two, two, totally different, two totally different things. So there, there, there is a seal, though, that keeps it from leaking, right? Keeps that, the, that's what keeps concerns it, me the most. Keeps it from leaking in what regard? Well, I don't want to see. That's one of the symptoms you can look at, you know, if they're leaking. Let's say they're cleaning. You'll never know. see one leaking externally. I don't know that I've ever seen an injector leak externally. Occasionally, you'll see one along those lines. But typically, an injector starts to drip or leak internally in and of itself. The pin gets worn or, you you know, you, you get some contamination, a piece uh, of dirt, something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, you, rarely do you see an injector leak externally. I mean, guys, leak, am I right? I mean, you're right. You, you I mean, just don't ever see them leak externally, right? Usually Randy. the only time we see them leak externally is when the O-ring gets cut when you put them back together. Correct. Again, Randy, I would say this is one of those situations where if it ain't broke, leave it alone. Right. But I want to ask you why I got you on the phone here. If, if, if it did decide it wanted to leak or drip or what have you, that's going to give me a, a, a rough idle or rough idle or you're no, going to get a misfire. Yeah, rough idle, yeah. rough idle. Check engine light. You know, yep. to Justin's point, yep. something along those lines. Yeah, if you don't have a check engine light, don't save that money for your 44Ks because that's what's that's exactly. what's keeping them alive. Keep, yeah. You're, keep you're doing the right it. thing already. Is it possible that is it possible that those are original? I mean, like that's why I get back yeah. to that. Very old, possible. Old, yeah. Those Very old possible. four liters will run a long time. Mm-hmm. Why two hundred forty thousand? I mean, or more three hundred? I've seen him go three hundred. Yeah, thanks, Josh. Yeah. Wow. Maybe I will leave him alone. Yeah, I don't think I'd mess with it. All right. Well, you guys have a great you too. Merry Christmas, Randy. Appreciate it very much. All right, we come back. We've uh, kind of cleared out calls. We're going to talk about buying cars. We'll give you guys a few tips. I've got a text message even that came in along those lines that we'll get started with on a particular truck to buy. So we'll talk about that as soon as we come back. This is Drive Radio KLZ five sixty. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Have an older furnace system? Noticing high energy bills, more breakdowns? Are some rooms colder than you'd like? 
Upgrade to a modern, high-efficiency furnace, and you can reduce your heating usage by 20 to 40%. Less money spent heating your home and more money to spend doing the things that you enjoy most. Mention this ad and receive $250 off your upgrade to a high-efficiency furnace system. Call 720-442-8842 or visit driveradio.com today. That's 720-442-8842 or go to drive-radio.com for absolute electrical heating and air. For quality and service beyond compare, call absolute electrical heating and air. If your engine doesn't leak oil, but you have to add to it between oil changes, where does the oil go? The problem occurs when piston rings clog with carbon and then allow oil to blow by the pistons and burn in combustion chambers. The best service shops use a BG product that cleans the engine in just 15 minutes. Find a shop with BG products at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. It will protect your engine and your pocketbook. Find a shop now. Go to bgfindashop.com. You had no clue that your headlights were so dim until it started getting darker earlier. And then you realized you could hardly see anything while you were driving home. Extreme Auto Repair will restore your headlights at a reasonable cost without replacing them. Just by clarifying the lens. Don't drive when it's that difficult for you to see the road because that means it's harder for others to see you too. Headlight restoration is more affordable than the alternatives such as replacement or a DIY kit that takes forever and costs nearly as much. Only replace your headlights when you need to. When Extreme is done, your headlights will be functionally comparable to a new car for a reasonable price. Keep yourself and others safe on the road and avoid getting a ticket by calling Extreme Auto Repair right now. Set up your headlight restoration and routine maintenance at 303-841-1071. That's 303-841-1071. Or you can write them a message at klzradio.com slash extreme. You want to protect your classic car in the event of an accident on the way to a car show or a surprise Colorado hailstorm, but you shouldn't insure your classic car the same way you'd insure your everyday vehicle. Paul Anigro and his team at Group Insurance Analysts will get you the right coverage for your classic car. Just like with any other form of insurance, Paul and his team at GIA will shop the entire market at no extra charge, hunting for the right coverage at the best price. Remember, GIA works for you, not a specific insurance company, so they have more options. Unlike other forms of insurance, though, you should not insure your classic car based on cash value. You've put a lot of work into that car, so the real value far exceeds the book price. GIA will make sure your vehicle is insured up to a stated value to protect your investment. Get the right insurance from GIA. Call 303-423-0162. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Again, uh, lines are open. We're going to talk some some car um, tips, how to buy here in just a moment so you may want to wait and give us a call here in a few minutes if you call give us a little bit of time to get through this uh we'll do our best to get this you know again we're, we got three hours so we're going to kind of intermix this throughout the show but uh, i'm here myself of course josh goff ridgeline automotive and legacy automotive in boulder and then he brought along one of his uh, top-notch guys justin with him today as well so question came in guys one of a wheel drive what's our picks now that's a loaded question because smaller as in 
do you want half ton? Or are we talking Tacoma you know, size? Tacoma, Colorado yeah. size? Yeah. What you know? What are we looking at on a ten-year-old or so vehicle? Because that's kind of a loaded question. Well, I, the best small small truck out there is, I would say, the Tacoma. But for something that's ten years old, yeah. Yep. But the prices, oh, prices are way oh, up. Oh, you're going to yeah. pay a lot for one. Yes, and the thing you have to worry about on, and again, this is part of our education here just in buying cars in general. So one of the things you have to worry about on Tacomas especially, and Justin, you'll know what I mean here, is who owned it? Oh, yeah. How was it taken care of? Mm -hmm. Where did it go? What was done to it? All those things. Now, it could have just been a grocery getter that somebody bought, and they never planned on going off-road, and they never did, and okay, great. That's one vehicle. On the same token, you could be buying one that was in the mountains, off-road, every single weekend, <laughs> all year long, <laughs> even. And that's probably one you don't want. Or sat outside in the East Coast. Yeah, yeah. Or back, the to, rust back belt. to what we were just talking about a moment ago with the Odyssey. So there's a lot of things there that you, know, you need to look at, and this is where it can get a little bit dicey. We'll go through some of this today, give you guys some tips on this, but you know, knowing the vehicle history... It, to me, is one of the most important things on it, and you can't always get that. And I get this question a lot, and I've had even some of you listeners text me two different vehicles and say, which one would you buy? Here's going to be my number one automatic choice. If I have a vehicle that's got 100,000 miles, but I know the owner, I know how well it was maintained, I've got all the records sitting in front of me proving everything that's been done, or I can buy a $50,000 vehicle or 50,000 mile vehicle that I know nothing about. I'm buying the 100k vehicle that I know all the history of. Oh, absolutely. All day long. Yeah, okay? absolutely. All day long. Cuz I want to know what's been done to that vehicle. That 50,000 mile vehicle even though it's half the miles, if it's had half the maintenance, I don't want it. One thing that I think we're willing to do at Ridgeline is you're welcome to call us with a VIN, uh, even if it's not something that you're purchasing from us. We are happy to run a Carfax report okay, for you. Even you. if it's not from us, we'd rather protect you. Good point. So that we can look into the history and then have someone look at it. And, in, and to Justin's point, and here really quick, I want to explain as well. The Carfax side of it is a start. Mm-hmm. Just a start. Just, just remember, start. not every single thing done to a car is put on Carfax. In other words, you could have some really anal owner, like me, who does all the maintenance themselves. It's never going to make it to Carfax. You're going right. to re- rely on that individual, how mm-hmm. the vehicle looks, how it checks out to Justin's point a moment ago, and all of that that you're going to have to look at versus somebody that goes to Legacy every single time the vehicle needs attention, and you guys are going to report to Carfax. But here's the other thing, guys. Not Every repair shop out there reports to Carfax. That's the majority true. of them don't. Only yep. the good ones do, folks. Yep. The majority do not. So even though, and by the way, not knocking that. That that's a that's a software management end of things in shops. Not necessarily the quality of the repairs going on in the shop. Now I'm one that says that typically the good shops are going to be doing those things anyways. But needless to say, you could find a very well-maintained vehicle that's been at an independent shop that doesn't report to Carfax and still be okay, is my point. Yes, absolutely you can. But But in that case, you need physical proof in in the form of invoices what's been done to this vehicle. Mm -hmm. And it's it's worth spending $100, $150 to have a vehicle inspected. Or more. Before you, I mean, it's just, you know, second biggest purchase 
next to a house is usually your vehicle. You we, know. Josh and I talked about this a couple of days ago, or actually yesterday, or Thursday. Talked about this Thursday, Justin. Yeah, you can buy cars in the 5, 6K range. Yes. But let's face it. If you want a really good used car, you're 10K or above now, folks. Absolutely. And I, you know, over the last two or three years with inflation, you may even be 15, 20 yeah, now. Yeah, it's going up all the time. Yeah, yeah. to your point. Yeah. Yes, and it is. You know, the, they're saying that prices are coming down on used cars. They're not yet. They're not. Okay, now, I got an answer back on were, were we talking small truck like Tacoma or are we talking half-ton truck? And I got an answer back, half-ton truck. So smaller truck, i.e. Okay. half-ton. Okay. By the way, that opens things up immensely. It does. Because really, um, that comes down to more what fits you, what style do you like, what kind of fuel economy do you want to mm-hmm. have in it. Because a 10-year-old truck, you know, we're looking at basically 2012 model year uh and in that in that particular case you've got a wide range of vehicles the biggest thing is finding a good quality everything we just mentioned by the way on that mid-sized truck applies to even that same by the way applies to every vehicle half ton three quarter ton one ton small doesn't matter the same thing applies biggest thing is having it checked out because you you, you don't know what a vehicle that old you won't know the history until yeah, you have all I of that agree. so i i don't for, for the person texting me, I don't have a brand preference. This now, comes down to you. The truth is they they're all have problems, but they're all good trucks. Correct. So as long as you just find what fits you. And each one has its own pros and cons. For example, Toyota Tundra, great truck, high quality, longevity, mileage sucks. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> it's finally gotten better now with the new Tundras that are in the hybrid version. But before that, if you wanted to just pay money for fuel, go buy a Tundra. If you want to pay money for fuel, go buy a Titan. In that year, if you want to pay money for fuel, go buy a Dodge. Mm -hmm. Your best fuel economy vehicles out of all of those in that year were Ford and GM. If you want high fuel economy, you got to go find a Ford F-150 or a Chevy Silverado or a GM 1500, GM Sierra. Those are going to be your two choices if you want to save fuel economy. Mm -hmm. If that's your your biggest thing in that era, you're down to two choices, Ford or GM, because all of the others, I'm just... I'm just being straight up honest. All of the others stink on fuel economy. Yeah, you, you don't have to buy a V8 truck anymore. You know, you can you can buy a four cylinder or six cylinder turbocharged truck, and that they are they are runners. You probably not in 2012 though. When yeah. uh, when did the EcoBoost start in the? In uh, that Ford would be maybe. EcoBoost. That yeah. would be some in of the, the early Ecos, but be careful on some of those, oh, as yeah. you guys know. Right, they like well. to leak because <laughs> some of those early EcoBoosts had their own issues. So. I, honestly, this is one of those where I hate to say it this way because I'm, I'm not trying to pigeonhole you into something, but a 10-year-old truck, if you're looking for good fuel economy, I'd probably go find a really good GM one to buy. Because I, I just I know overall mm-hmm. longevity of that truck, outside of everything else we're talking about, will supersede all the rest. I think that 5.3 liter you know, shuts down a couple cylinders, too. The longevity of it yep. is pretty yep. hard to beat, folks. Yep. So I... Again, not telling you you got to go all the way down to one truck, but a ten, you know ten year old. Unless you can find a cream puff in some of the other ones I just talked about, and you don't mind pen, spending money on fuel, you know, if you don't mind spending money on fuel, you know Toyota, Titan, any all those are good. Dodge, whatever, fine, knock your socks off. But you're going to spend money on fuel in that era on those other vehicles because they did not. Get, I mean, and when I say spend money on fuel, you're talking. 13 to 15 miles to the gallon on those trucks, and I'm not exaggerating, folks, when I say that. If there's not a trailer behind it. 
thank you. Yeah. That's just every day driving around town. You put a trailer, it's 10 or less. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, where you could go to the GM Ford side, the GM side, and I'm not joking, be up in the 18 to 20 range. Mm-hmm. So there's a vast difference in fuel economy in that model year on all of those different trucks. And, and by the way, Toyota, just until this year, they finally they finally caught up with their hybrid version, which still doesn't do as well as it ought to, by the way. Um, just my own opinion. I think it should do better in economy than, than what it's doing. You, you can still go buy a, a Chevy or a Ford and get as good a, good, of, a, good of economy with that. Not the hybrid version F-150, but just their regular F-150. You can do as well fuel economy as you can with the hybrids. I guess my other question would be with a 10-year-old truck is is price point. You're going to spend a lot more buying a Tundra than you are buying a domestic truck. Mm-hmm. You will. So. And have better fuel economy. So, yeah. All right, we'll get into more buying tips in a moment. But the biggest thing when it comes to some of this, by the way, is, and this was a great question to start us off with, what are you going to buy? Because once you know and you start getting into that rhythm of, okay, these are the vehicles I'm looking at, Everything else kind of go. You got your blinders on. Everything else goes by the wayside because this is the particular area that I'm headed. Which, by the way, I think is a good place to start. Mike, hang tight. We'll come back and take you in just a second. Drive Radio KLZ 560. Your roof is one of the most important parts of your home and yet is one of the most neglected. We all tend to think it'll last forever without any maintenance or repairs until a hail or windstorm comes around and does damage to your roof. The problem with that mentality is it's wrong. Do you know that RoofMax is a product that can rejuvenate your roof and give you up to five to seven years of additional life? Do you know that the application can be done more than once so that the life of your roof can be extended for up to 15 years? The reason shingles break with wind and hail is because they're dried out and brittle. RoofMax is an organic product that rejuvenates your asphalt shingles, making them more flexible and durable at the same time. Call Dave Hart today and get your roof inspected. It's a no-obligation inspection that will tell you what condition your roof is in and what can be done to extend the life of your roof, which, in the end, saves you money. Call Dave Hart at 303-710-6916 or visit our website, fixitradio.com or drive-radio.com. At Napa, we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And every Napa part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 Napa Auto Parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NapaOnline.com for a location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. Top auto manufacturers admit that today's high-tech engines on average can use a quart of oil every thousand miles. Why? 
To meet the government's fuel economy mandates, they use the faster-moving, low-tension piston rings that can clog quickly, reducing power, causing poor fuel economy. The Performance Oil Service from BG Products cleans piston rings and restores the fuel system. And it's backed up with lifetime protection for the engine. Ask your service advisor about the BG Performance Oil Service or go to BGFindashop.com. That's BGFindashop.com. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured, but you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, you'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Somebody texted and said, we can send a man to the moon, but we still have to get a ladder out, open the hood, reach for the dipstick, and do your measuring of the oil in the engine why can't fluid be monitored from the dash well let me let, let me tell you they are in a lot of cases now <laughs> they, are. they are yeah <laughs> there's a lot of new vehicles where you don't have to pull the dipstick because it does tell you right in the dash how full the vehicle uh how, how full the oil the crankcase actually is mike and highlands ranch you're up hey thank you john appreciate it very you're welcome much. A quick comment before the question i have a vehicle that has electric dipstick Give me a dipstick all day long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's please. Terrible. Yes, please. Yes, please. It's it's the worst idea on the planet. Um, next question. Uh, 2019 Chevy Traverse LT. Time for a tranny uh, flush for it. And so does that have a filter on it? Do you guys know, perchance? What is it again? Traverse. Uh, a 2019. Traverse. I don't. I think all it's got is a screen in it. I don't think there's a filter in that one, Mike. If I'm mem- if my memory is correct, screen only, okay, I believe. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. That's what I was curious. Even if it does have a filter, I'll take it back if I don't need it. So, uh, I'll I'll check and see what I'm taking it out to extreme anyway. So. Okay. They'll perfect. Know. Perfect. All right, guys. Uh, great show as usual. Thanks, Thank Mike. You guys. Appreciate you, man, very much. Really do. Dell, go ahead, sir. What's going on? Hi, John. How you doing? I'm doing great, Dell. Uh, in reference to your truck you were talking about, I bought a 09 Chevy Silverado a while back, $2,800. Came out of the state and did a little engine work on it, and then I wanted to get the any service, but it had a bad flywheel. So, not knowing the history, I just said the heck with it. Uh, bought a new Jasper tranny for it. Okay. Had it put in when they did when they did the flywheel. And I'll tell you what, this 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 thing is phenomenal fuel mileage. Why? Yeah. Comfort. Yeah. I mean, it's 
it's way better than my little ranger. And I got it for, you know, new. But it gets better fuel mileage than it does. Yeah, the, the old, you know, as I said a, a moment ago, Dell, those older half tons, I mean, honestly, for all around general, everyday use, pretty hard to beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this one's titled as a work truck, so it don't have the electric windows and that, but it's got factory trailer uh, electric brake set up in it and on and Nice. You know, a whole the whole thing, you know, and I couldn't eat it for what I paid for it, even what I got in. Nice. You know, I know when I got it, the low value was $11,000. Good job, Dale. No, but it, yeah, it's been, it, it's got the 4.8 in it. Uh, Jeff said that was one of the better engines. Yeah, they were. Fuel economy. Yeah, no, good stuff. No, Dell, good. Appreciate it very much. That's that's great. Uh, kind of adds to what we were just talking about a moment ago when it comes to vehicle. All right, really quick, guys. Other tips. So we've, you know, and I know this is the biggest issue, and I and I always try to tell people get a legal pad out. Really, in my opinion, just line out. Okay, here's my needs. Now, if you want to put some wants in there, that's fine. But here's my true needs in a vehicle. Then what I've always said is figure out what vehicle fits that need mm-hmm. and and we've got reviews that we've done now since 2008 there's all sorts of ways to figure out what those vehicles are if you ever question you can ask me justin josh whatever we, we've got plenty of resources to help you when it comes to that luckily we live in a day and age to where there's usually not just one choice you right. now typically once you identify a vehicle that works for you you probably have five to ten choices depending upon make model what you decide works for you now one thing i've always tried to get people to do as well is get the stereotypes out of your head in other words i'm not buying a subaru because every liberal out there drives one i you know i don't i could care less about all that stuff buy the car that best fits you and what you're trying to do not based upon what you think of the vehicle elsewise. Correct. Okay? Uh, minivans. A lot of minivans get bad raps because I'm not driving a minivan. Well, I'll tell you what. They're pretty versatile, and they work pretty darn good. And depending upon where you're at family-wise, might still be a really good choice. Exactly. So don't don't throw something out just because I'm not driving that. Don't say that. Make sure you're buying the right vehicle for what you need. Otherwise, you're not going to be happy with the vehicle that you buy. Agree. Great point. Yep, absolutely. Don't buy a Ferrari to be a daily driver. Yeah, yep. there you go. Or any exotic for that <laughs> exactly. matter. I mean, don't buy a Camaro to drive in the snow. Right, or a Mustang. I saw one the other day, or a Mustang. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not, you really don't need a, a Mustang as a daily driver 24, or sorry, 12 months out of the year in Colorado. Probably not your best choice. No. That's yeah. going to be a second car. That's yeah. usually a second car. Thank you. Or, you know, if you've got the ability to have other modes of transportation on those rough weather days, fine. Then it can be your primary car, but you have to have other alternatives because that car, in the conditions we're going to have coming up this next week, probably not the best car to own. Yes, please please don't block traffic. You know, Dodge Challenger, Camaro, Mustang. I mean, the, the, And by the way, those are also, in my opinion, and I know I'm going to take some grief for this probably, those are also not good first kid cars. 
No. no. Sorry. Uh, and I know there's some kids out there, some younger people out there, where if they want to buy it, they know all about it. They can handle it. They can do all of that because I was one of those guys. Okay, you know what? Knock your socks off. If that's you and you have that ability and you're, you're a younger individual and you can make that work, fine. But if you're just a parent buying a Camaro for a first car for your kid, you're a moron. Yeah, I think there's a couple reasons for that, too. I mean, first off is we're all a little reckless when we're young. The second is, what is the insurance going to be on that? Correct. Right. And yeah. then back to what I just said a moment ago. How are they getting around 12 months out of the year? They're not. They're not. You know, how are they going to get from A to B at age 16, given all of that? So, again, these are things to think through. Buck, I want to give you plenty of time, so we'll take you right at the top of the hour here after we come back from break. Uh, we'll continue with this conversation on how to buy cars. Because one of the things we want to get into, too, on the technical side of it here when we come back for the 11 o'clock hour is just what happens on the paperwork end of things. You buy a car out of state, you come to Colorado. How is that going to work as far as registration goes and all the different things that come into play? There's a lot of factors out there that a lot of folks don't know when it comes to even what I just said a moment ago. Oh, I'll buy a car out of state. I'll save a lot of money. Well, Maybe. We'll get into all of that, too, as soon as we come back. We've got a lot more to talk about again. Guys from Ridgeline Auto Brokers in Boulder are with us today. You can find them on our website. Go to drive-radio.com. They're all listed there. And then, of course, Legacy Automotive, all the same, by the way. Legacy Automotive, Ridgeline Auto Brokers, all the same. Josh Goff, the owner. We'll be right back, guys. Uh, Buck and Shine, again, hang tight. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments, download previous programs, and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.